we want to welcome you all back to the Tip of the Tower podcast, which we'll be now referring to as the TOT cast, going back to the old name. I miss the old name. On with me today is Richard Lee Sam, and we got Austin Owens, who is Skyping in because he wasn't feeling 100%, but then he decided to grind through it. So thank you, Austin, for... What a warrior. Playoff form already, Austin. Good job. Uh, Oh, man. Got to grind through, boys. Puck's in deep. Shut up, Austin. (sighs) Puck's in... We're gonna we're we're just gonna leave it at that. All right, so uh, today is just gonna be a straight up Leafs podcast day. Uh, we're gonna get into some Raptors talk next week when we're gonna get RJ, who's been dying to get on the podcast, but just it's kind of a little hard for him to get here from Innisfil. So we'll get He's RJ. He's been big timing us. <laughs> He's been yeah, big timing us at his mall job. Poor RJ. Yeah. Um, but we got some Leafs talk for today. Uh, so they lose against the Ottawa Senators. People are like, holy crap, like stupid game. They oh got outworked. God. We're gonna get into we're not gonna get to that game first. We're gonna get into recency bias. They beat the LA Kings. Give them their first regulation loss of the season. Considering how LA was like people were worried about you know, the changes they made in the offseason. This team is not young anymore. They've turned it around. They I mean, played well in the first period. They played well in that game. Like Ander, like give Frederick Anderson credit, he kept the Leafs in there. But uh, no, the LA Kings I think are are starting. They're not there yet. I mean, injury to Jeff Carter doesn't make it any easier when you don't have the depth down the middle. What a freak injury too! Like, yeah, I mean, like he's wearing the Kevlar socks and still gets cut. And like, like, like it must be hard to like actually miss time just because like you know like yeah. somebody was trying to hit you and then slice up your leg. Exactly. So. He, you know, not having him, I think, also, it, it you can't come over an injury like that and expect. I mean, the Leafs have the depth and center that the L.A. doesn't have, and that, I think, played a part in how the game worked out. And also, like, Jonathan Quick taking that dumb penalty. What a stupid penalty to take with, like, two minutes left and you're down by one. Like, and, I, and and I like Leo Komarov's comments after the game that he sold it. Well, yeah, if you're goalie, you know I what? mean, Komarov's a little shit, but at the same time, you yeah. can't leave your crease to hit somebody I mean, as a goalie. John, he didn't really John leave the crease. He just, like, himself, he, like stepped out of now. it just to, you know. Like, okay, so we got a couple of Jonathan Quick comments for this game. Uh, we'll get to those in a second. I mean, the story of the game has to be the uh, mini me, <laughs> the mini me connection. I, I don't know what we're gonna call it. The bro, the, the Listen, sounds fitting. I'm just angry at their girlfriends, and I don't know them. But like to rob me personally of that in my life, to see Martin. Okay, for those of you that don't know, Martin and Marner were supposed to go have like a couple's costume, right? Like you know, things you that normal men do is have no. Well, I mean, costume. like teammates. Teammates do it. But normal men. It's just some dudes being bros. That's it, right? Yeah. So it's just dudes being dudes. But they're not bros. One's his okay, dad. Fine, one's fine. a dad and one's a son. Like, come on. Dudes being guys, I guess. Okay. Um. So their girlfriends shut it down, and we didn't know what it was. We didn't know why it was shut down <laughs> by the girls in the first place. We I knew that. I still don't know why it was so, shut down. <laughs> so I'm scared. If Chris, the girlfriends shut it down, you should be worried about what they were going to dress up. So as. Kristen Schultz, actually, I, I well, we have we know because Kristen Schultz from TSN tweeted it out. Oh no. So. Marner and Martin were going to go as Dr. Evil Mini-Me. Oh, nice. But <laughs> in order to nice? get... That's a genius. Apparently, they <laughs> thought the best way to get the girlfriends on board was to make them fembots. Okay, that's... Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, boy, no. There's, there's not many girls that are going to are gonna be willing to do that just to let the guys have their way. I mean, the girls could have just dressed as their own... They could have done their own couples. Just couples. father and son out in the town, right? 
That so yes, Just we did grinding get, on the fourth line. We did get robbed. Over the world. We oh my gosh, that fourth line, the most dangerous fourth line in hockey right now. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Well, as long as Marner's there and Dominic Moore is, uh, you know, spinning around defensemen like as long as nothing. Dominic Moore's head still attached to his body after that hit. Speaking of the fourth line, farewell to Eric Fair. Right. Uh, as soon as I, I saw we that, I was like, "You know, I had to do it from." Uh, well, really okay. Didn't. So he has been waived, but he's not gone. He's practiced with the team. But today. I mean, you know, they're you know, it's you know, don't don't say it. You know, I mean, is it fair? Is it fair? Did he get a fair shake? I don't know, but farewell oh. to Eric Fair. Are Are you good? <laughs> Are you good? I think he's good. Why do you guys want me on this podcast? (laughs) But, okay, so first, the Leafs, they win a game against a team that I don't even think people had the Leafs as. Some had them as favorites. Some didn't. I think not having Jeff Carter made made it a little easier route for the Leafs to be the favorites for that game. But you look at that game. Okay, Marner was the story because he just – he was back well, to being Mitch Murray. I mean, the first goal, like, he almost got quick off balance. He flew around the net. Did you he, see who he went around to fly around the net? That Drew Doughty. Drew D- so, so Drew Doughty, who, before the game, many of you know, made the comment that the Leafs are not considered a contender in his eyes because they don't defend well enough. Then gets roped to dope by Marner. So then he fits in, right? Like, he should be a Leaf. He, he should be a Leaf. Yeah, yeah just yeah, let a guy right skate around you. But, I mean... What I like about that is um, the fact that he knew what he was doing. It wasn't like just rap, try to jam it in. He wanted to throw it back out front. He did. He, he found Polak. So right? he wanted Martin. No, yeah. But Martin didn't receive the pass. And well, because Polak. he's mad Martin, you know. Thank <laughs> but, God he he's didn't not. receive that pass. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it worked out better that Roman Polak was able to unleash a, the cannon he shot. He just that walked we, right oh, into it. And then Martin, hey, Martin out front still doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I, I don't think Roman Polak gets enough how good he is getting pucks on the net. Well, no. I think he's very good at that. But he's he also didn't know. he That was a hard shot. It's just. Yeah. It, it took a weird, weird play to the net. Martin well, gets the when ball. You have Martin, when you have Matt Martin in your face, I mean, yeah, your options yeah. are very limited there. So they get the goal. That was, I think, that sparked the Leafs because they were not looking good. Yeah, so it was until that goal, I mean, pretty much. They were outplayed, outshot. You know, the eye test and advanced stats both say that you know that that was a key yeah. period. And then obviously Bozak scores the goal. The power play goal, and then that power play goal was funny because they all just ran to the net. They all just like charged it, and if LA somehow found a way to chip that by, there probably would have been another shorthanded goal. Yeah, of, of course, because they. Um, I tweeted a gif gif out, um, and then moving you know, pictures? like a suit. Yeah, yeah, um, like a moving picture, and then I mean the faceoff was won. It went back to the point, and then went once, once uh, JVR got it. He did that, you know, typical JVR jam play, and then just everyone went to the net, and Bozak, I guess, he potted it. Yeah, so, yeah. and then that that weird, I mean, poor Morgan Riley that, you know, he met, he missed the the pass from Zaitsev. It bounced off his stick, and then it ended up in the net for a shorthand goal. Oh, that, what, was, that was a bouncing puck, though. That was a bouncing puck. I don't give, I mean, that's why you've got to feel for Morgan Riley because that's not, there's not much you can do. But I do, one thing I credit, because you remember Jake Gardner allowed that shorthand goal in the 5-on-3 against New Jersey. <laughs> credit, yeah. credit Riley, though, he skated his ass back 
to try and stop the breakaway. Yeah. But it was, and I mean, that was a good move too. It was a good move too. So you, I, I knew they were going to score because it's just an LA Kings. Well, because it's way. Toronto. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. And people are like, oh, Toronto always allows shorthanded goals like that. I'm like, they've only allowed two. Every team ask, in the league allows shorthanded goals. Ask, ask the Buffalo Sabres. I, I think oh, bu- the Buffalo Sabres. Three. <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres are at a point where they will decline the penalty. So Just they don't the go yards. down. They don't go up a man, a man up. Because I don't know if you watched that Vancouver. It, there was a game against Vancouver. I think they allowed two shorthanded goals. One of them nice. was by Derek Dorsett. I think Buffalo needs to figure out their power play. Uh, I picked Derek Dorsett. I think Buffalo needs to figure out a lot of things. Goals left and right. Say that again, uh, Richard. I think Buffalo needs to figure out a lot of things. Yeah, they do. Um, the Leafs apparently don't need to figure out as much, because uh, except in that game against Ottawa. Um. <laughs> Let's okay. So let's go to that game against Ottawa because I think the LA Kings game was a good response. You need, yeah. but a team like LA should you, should bring out the best in a team like Toronto, and we saw that. And then a team like Ottawa, where you think, oh, the Leafs should have the advantage. They should have run and gun all game, and they didn't. They just they played right into the trap. Not even that. I think I think they did well against the trap because in the third, I mean, like there was a point where. They would have every single player in the neutral zone, and then oh. the Leafs scored two and got back in it. Ah, but, okay, so they did it in the third, but the first two periods it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the first two periods it was more of like they weren't trying to carry the puck in. It was I, I, I don't even know what was going on. There was just so much, like, dysfunction. And they, they like, I remember there was a shift where it was, I think it was after the penalty kill. It was Martin, <laughs> Martin, it was Marner, <laughs> Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. And this was at the end of, the third before the goal and um like that was the first time that they actually had sustained pressure and you know they just yeah. didn't really have anything going I don't, like i don't know if that was a trap because they like they were trapping in the third and the leafs just turned it up on them that line in the last 10 minutes those line combos were just silly like wasn't it at one point it was uh it was nylander matthews marner riley and gardner on the ice or something like that well, I think Babcock's just like we need we need goals. Well, yeah, it makes sense, but like we can't just, lose this game you're at making, home. You, you're making you're yeah you're taking a big chance when you have all five pretty much. Oh, I loved I loved it. I'm not yeah. complaining. But I mean, look, you look at the Matthews goal. Like, okay, well, so that, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're if you're Craig Anderson, you you know what? I I don't know. I'm pretty sure somebody has already done it on Wikipedia, but somebody must have put down owned by. Uh, by, by Austin Matthews because the there's one team I think one goalie that still hasn't figured out Matthews and I'm, I mean there's a lot of goalies that haven't figured out Austin Matthews Craig Anderson is one of them and Carey Price is the other one I've uh, uh, I, I was sitting around the office during that game when Matthews scored the goal and there was a lot of uh, a lot of new and Dyke on Laleem jokes being made there no okay it was a bad shot I don't think yeah. anything ever will be well, that no. is new and Dyke on the lean twice in the playoffs but yeah I mean like it was close like, like that wasn't really a good goal but Matthews is that but his release is yeah. so is yeah. so tough to track it's deceptive right that's that's why oh, that yeah. goal was no that goal was great one point about Matthews though um going back to the LA game there was that I mean everybody's probably seen it on Twitter the the gif of Matthews back checking against Kobitar after yeah. he has the puck taken from him that is what makes Matthews the player he is. I mean, yeah, like I mean, this is such a cliche, but the two hundred foot game, right? Like, yeah, it's a he's a center that can play on both ends of the ice. His highlight reel goals and his takeaways and like you know changing the angle of the shot that takes away from his defensive value. And like, 
I mean, he's still a young player, but he doesn't really look lost in his own end like that. No. And he's very, like, he's a responsible player that can also, like, create stuff for himself offensively. Exactly. Um, But we'll go back to the Ottawa game now. I just remembered I wanted to point that out. The, that was just a game where, again, and I wrote about this. I mean, some people comment that I should, oh, you're commenting on a game that happened 24 hours later. I don't know if people expect analysis done. 10 minutes after. Hey, we'll talk about what we want, all right? Exactly. But um, I, I just looked at all the goals that Ottawa scored, and they just took advantage of the Leafs setup. In that, the zone. Pers- that Broussard goal was just disgusting. Were we talk- which goal? The, the, the second one. The, the one that the one pretty that, much killed any chance of Leafs coming yeah, back. The, the one where Marner, I don't know why he did this, but he got the puck in the slot alone. Shot, he didn't expect it. Then <laughs> fell on his ass. He, I, because he was off, ba- off balance. No, but not just that. Like, I mean, like, I think someone on Sportsnet talked about like his comfort. You know, I mean, if 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 Marner gets that puck on Monday, he doesn't just go and shoot and fall on his ass. He like, he makes he, sure like, accepts the puck, right? But then, I mean, it, like, it was still a good shot. But then the play goes around. And it's like there's a two on one. I think, yeah, that was just. Uh, I don't know what the defense was looking. I mean, when you got one guy in the zone against two other guys, I mean, there was a change going on too yeah. when the puck was going on. But yeah, it was just too many breakdowns in that game. There were oh my god, just like watching that game, every defense. And Richard watched. I was in Ottawa. Um, that game was so dumb because every Leafs defenseman had like the Luke Shenitis, where it was like. I don't know what's even if they had time, it was just I'll throw it up the middle. Like so many times, like you can hear the audience groan because, you know, like it's Hainsy or it's Zaitsev or it's you know, everybody was everybody made those just throw it up the middle, just either deflected or picked off. Just what? Yeah, I don't know why Zaitsev thought going up the middle was the better play versus going up the board. That was deflating, especially after the Matthews goal and the Leafs fans are going like. This was my first game in Ottawa, but it was like something I'd never experienced before because it was a pro Leafs crowd. I mean, I know that it's regularly a pro Leafs crowd, but this looked split down the middle 50-50, if not more Leafs fans. It looked and, like more Leafs fans on and the podcast. And then when the first goal went in, who was it again? That the, like the puck that just like, I think it was that it was hit that, by JVR. Was, uh, JVR, Hainsey shot the puck. So like we didn't see it on our side because we were I, because I'm an idiot and I picked the wrong side but like we saw the you goal you picked like, the cheaper side no I <laughs> I just picked you know like whatever they had left right? Richard's probably like why is this the cheaper side Three this, this, this is a home game for Ottawa why is it a cheaper side <laughs> so then I mean we saw the goal like go on and just everyone went nuts yeah. and then we do see Matthews walk in and when Matthew gets into the zone people are on their feet yeah that's what type of atmosphere it was and then he just like the place went crazy, yeah. And then the timeouts called Zaitsev. I don't know. I still don't know what he was thinking. On and that. it was Mark Stone. Like out of all players, you're gonna try to do that. Not to? just that. Like just please clear the rebound. Just Anderson, somebody get that rebound out of there because yeah, that you was a hard. Have, that was a hard shot to yeah, stop. But that second chance was just right there for him. And yeah, there was and there was two defensemen that could have yeah. moved it. Um, but I mean, like that game. I mean. Like Anderson kept them in that game. Like, I, like it's weird to allow five goals and still be like it wasn't really the goalie's fault. But there were a lot of like breakdowns that the Leafs had defensively, and I mean, Ottawa been a lot of games for Anderson on, on though. Leafs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and Anderson allows one goal against LA that you were like, whoa, oh, that was bad. That was. But like, I mean, but then he has like 
like, cr- incredible saves. You're just like, how did he keep it out? I, I hate to always bring up James Reimer, but when James Reimer was on, it was like very scrambly. It was very like, I'll catch the puck, but then it'll fall right in front of me, but then I'll make like a 10-ball that's, save. That's the type of goalie style he played, though. What Anderson does is that he'll get the rebounds or he'll deflect it away. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot of like second chance fat rebounds there. And like, that's what I love about um, Anderson when he's on is that not only is he doing that, he's seeing the puck well, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was the goal, I, I don't remember who it was against, but um, there was a defenseman in front and the puck went right through him. And it's like when Anderson's off, it's like you expect stuff like that to go in. But like when he's on, he's seeing everything. It was just that one ugly goal that, you know. And then the breakaway, which you can't really fault him because it was a great move. The Zingles oh, goal a against Ottawa. Like, yeah. like that, you can't, like, how do you stop that? Yeah. You're you're, def- you're kind of hoping maybe your defenseman ties up the stick. You also don't expect Eric Carlson to be left at the left oh, they, point. They, they left Eric Carlson open a lot that game. And, you know, you see a guy – like that play live and it's like he can burn you in so many ways like yeah, you have to respect it's almost like Ovechkin in that left yeah left circle you have to respect it <laughs> Ovechkin in that left circle is pretty much Carlson anywhere past his own blue line yeah because once he has the puck and he's open there's so much he can do and just I'm pretty sure on the Broussard goal I don't know maybe it wasn't really brought up but he set up that play by throwing the puck because he got the puck back when when Marner didn't score. Oh, yeah, yeah. Threw it up on a perfect pass to Broussard that put him up like, in a position to carry it into the leave zone and score that. Like, you ha- if Eric Carlson has time and space, he's, he will make a play. He's as dangerous as Connor McDavid with he, time and space because he he's fast, he's creative, he, he sees the ice well, and then he has the passing. Unfortunate that it happens in Ottawa because he'll never win a cup there, but... Uh, if he decides, to, but, <laughs> if he decides to leave. I mean, if he leaves, and I know some Ottawa fans might be listening. Hopefully if they're not. listening, I really question why. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> to the least podcast, like they have. You know, like he should win not just Norris every year, but he should win the heart every year because he's he's the MVP, right? He might not even have a leg by the time he's done with Ottawa. Honestly, just just the <laughs> the, the smoothest skating one leg person you'll ever see in your, in your life. Um, so, okay, enough with the Eric Carlson love fest because. Sorry. I just have a thing for Swedish captains. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Wait away, Don't Richard. we all? Wait away, Richard. Um, <laughs> now, Richard, you want to explain to us the ordeal that was in <laughs> Ottawa for yourself. Just getting back. I mean, like, Ottawa. Well, let's talk about going there first because I saw your Snapchat. When you arrive in the nation's capital oh. and you're on Parliament Hill, why don't you explain that? Can we play Justin that live? Can we play it live for these guys? Um, it was just funny. Like, you know, like I'm wearing a Leafs jersey and like I'm getting like these weird stares, but not like in a dangerous. It, like, it's just like, what's this like, you know, F word doing here? Uh, I get to Parliament Hill because, you know, like, I've never been there and like I wanted to just experience it. And an RCMP officer is basically like, you can't be on the hill in that jersey. I was like, okay. So then I go to the hill in that jersey, and um, <laughs> and you know like I'm standing around and and then they had this Canada 150 sign and this got people on Twitter angry because I walk around with my phone out going like these guys think they're in Toronto, this ain't Toronto, this ain't Nathan Phillips Square, and I mean like it's the you know like it's cool to experience because like people there understand that the Leafs are a big deal 
and Hockey Night Canada is a big deal, and Saturday nights are a big deal. They right? get the spectacle. Yeah. So then, but then actually getting to the okay. So the arena isn't in Ottawa. I thought people were you know like exaggerating when they said this was like a like a twenty minute drive. Like it's it's, it's forty kilometers outside of yeah, Ottawa. Like it's pretty much like going downtown, you know, going to see the. The CN Tower, and then going, oh, wait, there's a game. Let's go to Mississauga for the game. By the way, do you believe me that Canada is actually a place now? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought there was a weird way to say Canada. I thought I was but, kidding. You know. <laughs> no, but then, I mean, like, the, and, like, the actual arena is so nice. Like, it yeah. it reminds me of, like, a junior arena, and, and, like, not, you know, like, in a bad way. Like, it just feels, like, intimate. And, like, it has, like, that, like, not homey corporate. feel. Yeah. Not, like, a bunch of suits walking around, but, like, you know, like, it just felt homely. Mm-hmm. And then you go and sit down, and it was like, even the 300s felt close, right? And then, I mean... All You're, the, like, right on top of the yeah, ice. Yeah, and then, like, all the blue pack uh, packed in, and it was fun up until, you know, like, Ottawa went up 3 nothing. so... But the drive itself, oh, my God, the drive was so bad. Yeah. You know, the first, like, two and a half, three hours, you know, it's fun, Road trip, road trip, road trip, and then you realize that you still have, like, another two hours left. And then, yep. like, the way back, like, on the Trans-Canada Highway, mm-hmm. I was sure that I was going to die. It was pitch. So we drove back right after the game. So we got back home at, like, 2.30. And, like, I was sure that, like, a deer was going to, like, like, cross front. It that's, was That's literally a Canadian driving experience. It was pitch black. Those, was those like, highways don't have any any street lights or anything. I, 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 I don't know why my way. friend picked this, <laughs> this scenic way on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take you extra time to get home? <laughs> no, it was the exact same. But, you know, like, it was oh, like okay. either we take the Trans-Canada Highway to, like, Oshawa. But then, like, there was a point where, like, I made him turn on to, like, the side highway just to get back onto the 401. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, there's no <laughs> way that we get home if we stay on the street. No, and just, but I mean, like, the, the experience was was fun. Like, I can't wait to go back on January twentieth. Hopefully, not take that same highway back and fa- fall. I've been the road. I've been told the train is very nice too. It's just too bad the train. I mean, you can't catch a train after a game. I've heard the train. Like, I remember taking the train to Montreal, and those are usually fun. Those are scenic, and you don't expect to yeah. die. Well, I mean, like, it's cool to like just you know go with your friends, and, like stop off and like, like we stopped in Kingston. I'm pretty sure the like the only two brown guys in Kingston, but <laughs> I mean, I had fun. I went to go get beer. You thought you got looks in Ottawa. Yeah, right. Oh my god! But like, the people in Ottawa are like are super nice, and it's very diverse. But then, the actual place where they play is just stupid. Like, there were a bunch of car dealerships there, and it's like, why? Like, like there's no sports bars around. Just did you go to the outlet mall? All the outlet malls. All the um. So somebody said um. There's, like, 20 different, like, you know, Canadian tires and, like, home improvement stores in, like, like a one-kilometer range. It's, like, I believe that because it's just, like, it's just a weird location for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're still working on trying to get. But do you think the arena is in a bad enough spot where it explains why people no, go to the no, I mean, you know, I, like, I come from Brampton, all right? I'm downtown at the Rock. Like, it's, like, and especially if I know that I'm drinking, it's, like, a two-hour commute yeah but it's the team you love so i mean i don't buy that crap so that. so okay so we're basically saying ottawa's excuse is not the that's not location. that's not an not excuse enough. i mean like listen like if i went to Maybe watch for weeknight games uh, i mean like if you uh, well i mean again it's hockey right like yeah 
if you have only 41 games a year plus playoffs, especially playoffs, like, I don't care if the playoffs are on a Tuesday afternoon. If I'm free, I'm going. Hell, even if I'm not free, I'm going, <laughs> right? I mean, like, it's, it's 40 kilometers outside of Ottawa. And so I mean, maybe a 20-minute drive when you're taking the highway? Like, it's, it's not even that it's, bad. It's, it's listen, actually a shorter drive like, to go to Ottawa than it would be, say, if I wanted to go to the Leafs game from the suburbs because I live out in the G- uh, outside the GTA. Yeah. Like, I'm in North Brampton, and it's like I haven't ever missed the Jays playoff game when I had tickets because, oh, it's too far. I don't give a fuck. It's it's playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, how yeah. can you use that as an excuse? Oh, yeah, you know, the arena's in a bad location. Hell, I would drive to Hamilton to watch a Leafs playoff game. Yeah. Hell, I might even drive to Ottawa if the Leafs play the Senators in the playoffs. That, that would most likely be mostly Leafs fans at those. Honestly, honestly, because, I mean... So that's that's such a bad excuse. Just well, we'll see what what I go the fact that there's not many of you and yeah. just have fun with them with the five other fans. We'll see when I go to Montreal how that experience is. I mean, Montreal's down, arena's downtown, but the, with the way Montreal's playing and the way that those stands going, there might be a lot of Leaf fans there. Um, all right, want to bring up? Okay, so we've talked about Matt Martin and the mini me, bro, whatever the heck that relationship is. With uh, with Mitch Marner, uh, the next game is against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now the Hurricanes, their team. I don't. We know that they're trying to get younger. We know that they got a very talented blue line. But do we know what the Carolina Hurricanes are? Like, can we for sure know, like, what's their strength? What's their weak? I mean, I guess their weakness would be up front. They don't really have the firepower that let's say the Leafs have, but. Well, not many teams do, right? No. Yeah. But okay. So they are three three and one. They're second last in their division, but it's also a division that has the New Jersey Devils and they're, the New York in the Islanders Metro. in the top three. Like this is a learning year for them. Yeah, I think this is this I mean is, it doesn't matter who this is a learning year. Like they can't score either. It's a it's a transi- a transitional year because they've been bottom feeders for a bit. They've been rebuilding this team, and now you want to. They, I guess, they want to see them move a bit further. Scott Darling is now taking over as the number one, but this is a game where again you you think, okay, the Leafs should have it, but will they? Trap game. This is this is every game against Carolina is a trap game for the Leafs. Uh, every oh, game uh, against every, a team that's not that top. Buffalo too. Every game against them in the Metro just was a trap seemed game. like a trap game, didn't it? In Buffalo, in Toronto, it's a little different. Buffalo, I mean, I but feel Buffalo's like, like it, this it year. just feels different this year. I mean, I, like I'm not saying that they'll win, but I'm saying that I mean, I, I, I like I don't see the Canes outscoring the Leafs in a game. No, I mean unless if like Anderson plays with his eyes closed or you know, and I get that th- the defense has been bad, but they can't score. I know that Buff. I mean, the Habs scored what three on the Leafs, but just to give you an idea, the Leafs have 40 goals as a team this season. Carolina has 18. There you go. Right. I mean, Carolina's only given up 21 goals, and the Leafs have given up 30. So we know they're a little bit better defensively, and we know they're a little bit better defensively. You know, Their defensive core is what's going to make the difference in this game. Yeah. Because um, they have a lot of depth. But Now, we know that Carolina is good. Like, defensively. Are they good. actually good, though? Well, that's the thing. We don't. <laughs> I, so, I still don't know. I'm really it's like defense against against scoring, honestly, in this game because the, they've got Falk, they've got Pesci, I mean, they've got Slavin. Like, this is a game where I think the game plan against the Leafs is see if they make a mistake and capitalize on it. 
because you're not going to be able to dominate possession against the Leafs, really. I mean, L.A. kind of did, but L.A.'s always been a good possession team. That's usually the way they roll. But I think for these teams like Carolina, like New Jersey did, like Ottawa did, wait for the Leafs to make a crucial mistake and pounce on it. Be like a like a cheetah. All right, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Are we okay with the run-and-gun style of the Leafs? Because we know it's not like, again, like it's not like 2013 where they were – where they're being outplayed, but we also know that this team is good, but the defense really isn't. Are we okay with that? Like, are we okay with... I'm okay with the defense understands that the forwards are going to be running and gunning, and they kind of have to take a step back. Like, like Jake Gardner should understand that then, right? He doesn't. He's never going to understand it. That's the problem. Like, he only has one prob- gear. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he only has, and it's forward. He doesn't go back. Like, I hardly see Jake Gardner skate backwards. It's just, I, I, just from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, okay, Matthew's line, they do a kind of a mix, a hybrid of run and gun. But once they get the puck in but that end, more possession. Like they will you, hold that. Yeah, like you can't get yeah. the puck from that. You can't get the – once and they then, have I it. I mean, if if <laughs> they do give it up, then it's like you have to deal with Zach Hyman to get the right. – Well, not only that, you're going to have to deal with Austin Matthews chasing you down like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like I mean, like that line I'm not really worried about. But, like, then you see maybe – Marner it's, does go back with uh, JVR and Bozak, which aren't like they aren't really a good defensive line. No, like. but the question now becomes: Do you put him back there? As I kind of like the way Connor Brown is, and that's what I love about Connor Brown. Like you can put him anywhere. Like he'll do. Like Connor Brown's life slogan is probably something like "I'm just happy to be here" because <laughs> he just seems so like jovial to be anywhere. Like and he'll like he is the Swiss Army knife. Like Power play, penalty kill, yeah. anything, fourth line. And, like, that's why if somebody gets hurt, which, you know, you kind of expect, yeah, you have Josh Levo, yeah, you have uh, Kasperi Kapanen, but the, then it's like you can shift Connor Brown anywhere. Like, he was playing mm-hmm. with Matthews to start the year last year, right? Yep. So that's – he's so versatile. And he scored 20 goals last year. So, like, it's not like he's, like, some some guy that has to be carried. I think that what helped Connor Brown's development, and I guess Leafs fans can kind of thank him for this, was playing with Connor McDavid and Connor. juniors. Because when he was in Erie, he wasn't the dominant like the player he was until Connor McDavid came. Well, I mean, like he was a six round pick, anyways, right? So. He was, but then you know you put him with a guy like when you play with a guy of Connor McDavid's level, you learn the habits he has. You, I think, especially at a young age, I think he kind of they kind of worked on that together. That would be an interesting story. Like, in, like I wonder, you know, like if they still talk, if they still like, you know, well, guys like that. Usually, junior teams still talk. I mean, Connor is not exactly the most sociable guy. I think just the sense I get from him, but I guarantee they probably still talk. I know, like a guy like Connor, like Connor Brown, uh, they used to used to play for the Marlboros. They have that clan of players. Like, I know a guy that I went to high school with was on the Marlboros. He's also in the NHL. Adam Pellick, he plays for the Islanders. Like those guys talk. They may not talk like social media wise, like how we we see some players do, but they still talk. Like that's a group of guys that grew up together they and Pellick was also on that Erie Otters team like that team stayed together it's just I think this I think OHL teams kind of realize you got guys that played together they learn how to play as a unit together you try to get them together it just kind of worked out that way but yeah I think Connor McDavid uh Connor Brown learned from Connor McDavid on how to play at the level he is and just realized look you got the skill guy I will be the as Babcock kind of says, he's like the grinder guy. He's the yeah. He he's the work guy that will get. He'll do the work to get the skill guys the puck. Yeah. So I'm more online than maybe 
Marner's role would be Marner would be better suited to play on the Kadri line because Kadri and Marlowe are are good enough defensively that a Marner will eventually learn I think to play better defensively. I don't even think he's playing really bad defensively. I just think it's just turnovers. It's the turnovers, and it's sometimes he's not moving his feet to stick with the guy that he's. Supposed it's him to be just defending. overthinking. Yeah, so I think playing with a guy like Marlowe, like okay, Matt Martin, it's a good thing to get him back on track. But if you really but want, I mean, like this isn't his. Like this, he's, no. like he's not going to stay more than twenty games there, right? Exactly. If you really want Marner to learn and involve his game, you have to put him with a guy like Marlowe and Kadri. Those guys will help him evolve his game. Playing him with JVR and Bozak, I don't think his game is going to evolve playing there. Yeah. His offensive game, I don't know. Like Bozak and JVR are good offensive players, but they're not at the at the the talent where he's going to evolve his game to like what Matthews and Nylander are doing. Yeah. I'd rather see him with Kadri on a line because there's a good chance maybe one of, if not both, Bozak and JVR will be gone by next season. Yeah, I, so I, I don't, I don't know. You want to get? I, I know chemistry is not really a thing because these guys spending what eight, eight, nine months together of the year. So you're gonna get chemistry just by being around that guy for an entire year. But you want him playing with Kadri and Marlowe, I'd say that'd be a great line. Yeah, it, to, w- it would be. Just to get that. I think that that line. I think yeah. I think people are talking whether the Leafs can fit JVR under a cap. You you they have can. so many guys that are waiting in the wings to get a Kasperi, spot. Lipo, I mean Carl Grundstrom. Like you have depth, right? Andreas Jeremy Bracco. I think Bracco. I mean, he's going to be with the Marlies for a while. I think just based Bracco's, on Bracco's. Well, we talked to him over wasn't the preseason. Bracco a healthy scratch. Yeah. He was, yeah, but so. I think it's because you got guys like Mason Marchment that is. That he's looked very good with the Marlies. Very good with the Marlies. I, I, mean, I just wish they could move one guy down the list. Because I think the Leafs, yes, Miro Altonen can be a good center. Is he a third-line center that can replace Bozak? No. I don't think Not so. Yet. He's had a really rough start with the Marlies as well. He still hasn't scored. I don't Adam, think he has no I, point yet. I don't even think Adam Brooks will be ready for that point. Like, Frederick Goche is going to be the, 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 the fourth-line center yeah, next I year. I mean, that's his ceiling. Too. That would that's be awesome. That's, I'd love that. Yeah. but Freddie's look good. I think this is where the whole Bozak conversation is like, is there a guy – that at the end of the year will be ready to take that spot. Of question, Nylander, yeah. would you split up him and Matthews? I, I have a like hard as of time right now. That. I like I don't want to see them with anybody else. Like I just want to see Matthews and Nylander no, just do this thing so for the next together. twenty years, right? It's, it's like, like but I mean that's not to that. Like, I'm not I mean, say like that. it's an option that will you know definitely be talked about. But like, would you split them up? Because, I wouldn't. Yeah, because I mean, if you want, okay, if you want to win a cup. You need to have those two together. Yeah. Now, look, if you put, let's say, Nylander, and then you got a line of Kapanen and Kapanen and, and, and Marner, that'd be a skating clinic. Yeah. That well, I would they're... be okay with because you got Nylander playing with offensive capable guys, and then on that other wing, you'd, I mean, anybody can play with Matthews, I think. Well, we saw Hyman, Brown, and Matthews. Yeah. Last and that year. line was still good. Matthews is not going to reach, I think, his offensive. Prowess will be there when with mostly with Nylander there. I think this is just tough because we've seen Mar- okay. The one thing is we're seeing Nylander take draws and we're seeing him win draws. So we we know he can probably take faceoffs and be comfortable doing it and he can handle it. 
The question is, is he going to be able to handle the defensive responsibilities yeah, that come with being a center full-time? Because he's not doing that. Like He's obviously a good player at going back and retrieving the puck. But is he going to be able to do the other things like, you know, looking at your defensive matchups, who are you lining up against, and that's the guy you got to be covering? That's that's the question I think that will eventually have to be answered, and it's going to be answered whether they keep Bozak or not. That I think the decision on what happens with Neander coincides with what they do with Bozak. If Bozak yeah. is gone, then I think the conversation becomes Neander is going to take that spot. Because again, I look at a guy like Adam Brooks. He may be maybe when Adam Brooks is eventually ready to come up and he's centering that line, then they move Neander back with Matthews. So how much do you think that a Bozak gets? Because like he won't get anything. <sighs> no, close he to what he got. He's getting what four point two five right now. 4.2. Okay. I don't think when if you're looking at free like so many teams need centers, but I think he's a under four million dollar a year center now. Because he's yep. not playing in a top now obviously people are saying like the Leafs don't have a top six, bottom six, but if you're looking at the ice time with the centers, he's third. He is a third line center by definition. How much do three line third line centers go for now? They don't go for that much because teams have to pay their top their top two centers the most. Case in point, you got – I mean, Kadri's getting a pretty decent deal for a second-line yeah, center. I mean, that's all on – well – That was just Lou Lamarolo yeah, that ain't making that a, a bet on were, yeah. were great contracts. So those are the contracts you have to win with, and then there are contracts you just can't muster up the decision to take. You can't – Obviously, Bozak has been here. He's the longest tenure leaf on the team right now. But if you got to move forward and pay guys like Matthews, Nylander, Marner, eventually you'll have. And I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but is Tyler Bozak that important to team success? I don't. I don't think. <laughs> look, he had that. Yeah, that one big goal I in mean, the playoffs. He's, but he's 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 a good player. I feel like is he's, he he's replaceable though. Yeah, Leafs fans really disrespected him a lot they acted like he was a nothing but he's 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 been good for Toronto but going forward this is the Matthews Nylander sh- like they have enough pieces in place that yep. it's like you could just plug guys in now I've also heard oh they should put Marner as center and I'm like no considering all <laughs> I've heard so, I, I can't remember who said it and then I'm like considering how many how Babcock is trying to get him to play better defensively I think the last thing also, his size just doesn't make him that center. I'm on the guy. fence about Nylander being a center. You want to talk about Marner being a center? Oh, boy. Um, well, I wanted to touch real quick on the point that Richard made. Is This team, Leafs fans are going to have to get over the fact that a lot of this core that they've known for such a long time is going to be gone. I think Leo Komarov's gone yep, after this season for sure. He's his production I, I has dropped mind. off significantly. See, but it's, it's, it's but he's more slowing like... down a little bit, I think. Yep. Like his if he skating wants, is not where it's used to be. Carl Grundstrom needs to make this team next year. I think well, he does he make this team. If he wants to be paid like a UFA, then it's like there's no conversation there. You, you uh, another make... team will pay him, though, yeah. I think. Well, you not pay him a lot, but another team will make it a tough decision for him the to The way save. the LA Kings are playing right now, and I know this was a conversation back when the Leafs were trying to sell off before they got Matthews, is would a team that's in the playoffs not love to have Leo Komarov on a bottom six where he just chips away at your guys? Yeah, he plays with a couple skill uh, players. I like. He's I like. You guys were talking about Marner. Sorry, <laughs> I swear I just heard something. Really... <laughs> I don't know. Who's I mean, that? What about Marner? 
What Sorry. is that sound? Anyways, we're, we're, we're hearing I'm things outside studio, of the studio. Wow, I are any of you hearing that? Oh, I'm hearing. This is. We might have to lock the okay, door. Uh, Richard. I think we are gonna die right now. So if anyone's listening, <laughs> I told him to go live. Now? He doesn't want to fucking go live. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, as I was saying before, I was really interrupted by something screaming out there. Uh, we were talking about both Marner and Brown being outside of the fourth line. You know, uh, top nine. Could you imagine the playoffs with Mart with Martin and Komarov both on the same line? Like that won't really be productive, but like just their ability to like get in people's faces will be hilarious. The thing is, like people say, "Oh, you're gonna move Komarov up down to the fourth line." You don't yes. need your off. You don't need your the <laughs> the fourth line to drive offense. You need them to drive. A try like they Komarov will be a guy that you can chip in the puck. He will hit a guy. The puck will become loose, and then that's how you gain possession. That's what a guy, a fourth liner like him, can do. He may, I think he's a third line guy. Like he's like what Connor Brown is doing right now, but I think Connor Brown is a better offensive player. Much better offensive. Much better. Like he has Connor Brown actually has offensive, like he desires to actually chip in on offense. I don't think Komarov, Komarov makes plays, but he's the not. Komarov is just a shit disturber. Yeah, a really good shit disturber. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in the the whole I, I've always I've always think, thought uh, when they brought down Marner and then people were like how are you gonna bring him up? You take a guy who may not be producing to what um, to what Komarov is, and you switch him. Like his I know people are saying Komarov is really good defensively. Then maybe he can do that on the fourth line still. And I think Marner is just going to have to learn, I think, to play better defensively. And you put him in a position where he will have to play better defensively, but also have guys that are able to support him defensively. Because Bozak and JVR are not going to support him defensively. That is not their role. Bozak and JVR aren't going to support anything defensively. <laughs> they, they're going to hear the word defense and go... Cycle? Uh, Cycle? Yes. Defense. You mean switch the D with the O? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's just what I think when... Uh, when I when I hear about where where Marner goes from here, that's what I think should happen. But Babcock again, he has this thing about veterans. <laughs> doesn't matter what that's we true. think. It doesn't matter what we think. He he's he likes Uncle Leo. He likes Komarov. And Connor Carrick's probably going to be exiled to somewhere we don't know about at some point this season. <laughs> so, so he's going to be killed at some point. Just enjoy Lou, more. Lou's going to do something to him that's ungodly. Well, okay. Now this brings up to the next, uh, the next, the kind of the final thing I want to talk about, because I didn't know about this until just before we we came on to record. But uh, Mike Babcock decided to make a particular comment at practice <laughs> about players who make. Okay, like he's firing shots. Not yeah, he's commenting. definitely firing shots. He's firing oh, he's shot. firing shots at guys who have spoken out in the past about getting in the lineup. And maybe deserving to be in the lineup, but not getting in the lineup. And he's like, "Well, where are these guys now?" And I think you know who we're talking about: Frankie Corrado. Um, Brooks like somehow managed to get back into the NHL. Good for him, because uh, he was kind of one of those guys that got ousted. Um, did uh, Did you guys listen to Justin Bourne? He was on. Uh, he was on Five Ninety a couple of days ago. No. Oh. Uh, Wait, no, I didn't. Uh, I think it was two days ago. He, because uh, he used to be the video coach with the Marlies. He said that um, Brooks Like had a bit of a rocky tenure, obviously with the Marlies, 
But apparently on one of the, the instances, Brooks like said, uh, I don't know if it was to Sheldon Keefe or somebody in the Marlies organization, uh, I'm not a hockey guy, I'm an NHL guy. And that's uh, that's a that's that's a pretty interesting well, thing to say. When he didn't want to speak about his time here when uh, when he came Wait. back on Monday. Like he just yeah. wanted to talk about the Kings. So I mean, yeah. I don't blame him though. Like I mean, no, 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 no he no. got paid a lot of money to. I don't blame either. Hang side. out at yeah. where? No, I think he was. I mean, he was in L.A. Still with a his, very rich man. Yeah, and he's able. He got himself back into the game. I think it just shows that some guys just don't totally fall off the rails. Just maybe he wasn't. Yeah, as you said, he wasn't happy with the situation. Well, I mean, but he wasn't in the plans here anyway. So he was not. It's no. just you collect we, your money, he, and just wait. He was an add-on for Connor Carrick, who's Connor also Carrick not apparently in the pick. plans going forward. Okay, let's let's touch on that. Um, Roman Polak or Connor Carrick? I think. Well, it's it kind of they kind of yes. coincide. How long before people just totally lose their minds about Roman Polak? Yesterday. Yeah. It happened as soon as they signed him. <laughs> like, I, okay, now I can understand the the concerns about a guy who's not the best skater, but broke his leg. Yeah, there's concern there, but the Leafs are not going to sign a guy that just physically can't play. They already shoot away one guy that can't physically play. Like they've already silenced one guy like air that. quotes can't physically play. Yeah, well. Air quotes, um, but well, the one thing Mike Babcock said, and I don't know if you guys heard it as well, he he was talking about this being a move to limit his top guys' minutes so that they aren't taking on oh, the hard minutes. I, and I like that. Would have to. But I really like that comment because Zaitsev and Hainsey were playing a lot. On it the was just them, team. right? And I mean, that that quote was focused on Zaitsev I mean, saying, if, "If he plays those minutes and he's taking a lot of hits, he's going to get injured and break down at some point." Which but is happened spot. last year. Yeah. yeah, and if Polak, I like. He's I, I a think sixth it's just defenseman. yeah. I think it's just for it's, penalty killing. If, yeah. um, I under that, I, that's just something. But at least thankfully, didn't look at. Thankfully, Leafs fans don't freak out about anything. We're very calm and collected oh, uh, at yeah. all times. Very even keeled. Especially when you have uh, a spreadsheet in front of you. Um, Better I can, him than Martin Marincin. Uh, that's how I look at okay, things. Okay, I can understand. Yes, he a younger guy is losing his spot in the lineup to a veteran. But you also, I I saw Polak take some block shots. That if, like Babcock would not put Connor Carrick in that situation because Connor Carrick is not a guy. Yeah, will Connor Carrick block a shot? Of course he will. Any player will block a shot when it's shot at when you're facing a, a shot coming at you. But Polak will sacrifice his body to do it. That's the type of defenseman he is. Carrick is not that type of defenseman. I think he. I think and. I think the main reason why Polak was signed is because you got already got a young guy in Andreas Borgman. Make, you know, God, he looks good. He looks good, and he needs a, a veteran guy with him. Yeah. Just, that just is, a, that is right. just a silly pairing to play against if you don't want to get hit. It is, and he only you're trying to avoid Polak. Borgman is going to run you over if you try and go onto his side of the ice. And people were worried that the new slashing rules would mean that Polak would I, get more penalties. I was actually worried about that because I mean. <laughs> But he I only he only took he one, took and it wasn't even that bad of a slash, but because he he tapped the but guy with the stick and like, hit him against the boards. Most of the slashing calls this year aren't really that bad of a yeah. slash. So hopefully he like adjusts because knowing how Roman Polak plays, he'll be in the box two three times a night if he well, he'll adjust. He'll he'll adjust. I think he'll adjust. He's a veteran guy. He understands. He but he does he doesn't always take it. Well, he does take penalties. I mean every. There's players that take penalties. Like, it happens. But 
I just, as you said, I think it just really helps a guy like Hainsey, who is older, like expecting him to play the amount he was playing on the penalty kill is a bit outrageous for a guy his age. A guy yeah. like Zaitsev playing as much as he did while also having to play top four minutes and being the defense, like he's really the defensive catalyst for that. When Matthews is out, his line is out. The reason why they're so confident offensively is because Zaitsev is the big defensive rock on that line. Like that's Gardner's line is the one that goes out with Matthews all the time. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think, look, if Polak is not playing to to snuff, he won't be playing. Like I, Babcock is not well, going to keep a guy that's just going to hurt his team. Why don't you run a system where it's Roman Polak who plays like the Kings, teams that like to have a really hard cycle and play a little slower and then have Eric in against teams that are playing quicker. Yeah, I think that's the perfect system. Is If Babcock is willing to do that and... Like, well, I mean, watching Polak play against teams that can run and gun will... Like that, oh, won't Lord. Be, no. like that won't Bad work, idea. right? I think it just really speaks that the Leafs are eventually going to need to make a trade for a guy that you are comfortable in no matter if it's a running gun team or a cycle team. So I think that's where I think the Leafs will eventually get to that point where they're like, we need a guy that can plug in and we don't need to worry about where we're playing him. Yeah. A guy that I've th- – and I think we talked about this a bit last week was Chris Tanev yeah. playing for the Vancouver Canucks. He He's usually their defensive – he's their most reliable defenseman defensively. He's played with Riley before, which is why I brought him up last week. He yeah. is making – Oh, he's making a really good contract that he can eventually make a guy that, you know, needs a new contract. You can say, yeah, we don't have the – we have a guy like Tanev locked up. We can move another guy out and then bring up a younger guy like Dermot, uh, Rosen. Like, I think now with the depth they've created, I think what you just need to do is you need to solidify your top four defense. So you have Riley, Zaitsev. If Gardner's a part of that, I'm still on the fence – of whether he is, because I think what he's going to ask is not even like, yeah, do you want to try to sign Gardner? You probably would if you're the Leafs, but if you look at the cap structure, you look at the guys that are ready to come up, like, would you rather have Gardner or would you rather have Lilligren? Well, I mean, Gardner's up at the end of uh, next year, right? So hopefully Timmy will be ready, right? I think Timothy will play this year next year with the Marlies for sure. Like I think that's that's and would you? I be, think he plays a shorter role with the Marlies this year, and then plays their first pair next year. Travis Dermott looks fantastic. Yeah, and then he's running it in the AHL right now. And then I look at, then you look lower. I mean, and Austin, you wrote about this in your prospect roundup. Emily Rasinen and um, shoot, what's he's his filled first? the net this year. And Gordiev, what's his first name? Fader. Uh, like those two are big bruising defensemen that are figure out of their offensive game somebody that i'm i'm i wrote about it in the prospect rundown as well that i really want to take a look at is jd greenway um he's missed his entire start of the year they really like with, him, the leafs too they really like is, their american guys he's a big guy i think he's six three six four ish he's fast <laughs> and he's got some offense did just collapse well i i mean um I, yeah but he hasn't – sorry to cut you off. He hasn't played the start of the year because of a family issue. Uh, they haven't disclosed what the issue is. But uh, he's – I think he just came back this week and he's played his first game or two. Yeah. And he's somebody to keep an eye on. He's not going to come out. 
He and Dakota Joshua are two guys I'm really looking forward to watching in the NCAA Dakota this year. Joshua. Oh, yeah. That's a very I think American he, hockey yeah. game. I think he's a center for Ohio State, correct? Yeah. He had another point this weekend in a, a secondary assist or a primary in, uh, in Ohio State's last game this week. Pretty much, if you're a centerman and you're a prospect of the Leafs, you've piqued my interest. And you're like, we need you to get to the Leafs. There's, there's one account I follow that, that, that post updates every I will. Hey, the up train is very great for that. I can pick you up in like 12 minutes. Um. Just yeah. before we go, I just want to finish up this conversation about the defense. We just said, when it, I mean, Bozak and, Gard- and Gardner and JVR, they're a little different, but it kind of talks we can't fall in love with certain players because we do have other players that could come up and yeah. pretty much replace them. Um, I'm not going to start this whole, are the Leafs going to get rid of Gardner? Because they're not. No. We're not seeing that yet. There were some people suggesting that Polak was going to replace Gardner in the lineup. And I've told you this. It's, Austin, who do you follow on Twitter? It's not happening. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, who does the – Austin must have – like, Austin, Breaking we might news, have to – Breaking news, Roman I like, Polak no, I, I like going on post and just reading reading, just the casual Leaf fan what they think of – Well, that's... And it was when – it was the Leafs PR post when they when they announced they signed Polak. Oh, it was like, yeah, because those He's going to are... go on and – replace Gardner it's like no he's not those are the fans Austin that are 24-7 refreshing the Leafs PR account waiting for a tweet to happen and getting ready to comment I'm doing that right now actually <laughs> so <laughs> Jack from I, Burlington yeah the reason just the reason why I bring that up is because until they sign Gardner which they can do at the end of this year I mean, I'm I'm saying a guy like him is his future is we'll see what happens yeah, I'm I mean, not, but I'm not gonna like cry for the Leafs to try to resign him, because I look at cheaper guys that are gonna be able to come up and probably be able to contribute. May will they be able to contribute offensively like Gardner? Oh, actually, quick question: Any of you two that have a computer in front of you want to bring up Gardner's stats for me? Yep, I can do it. Give me a sec. Thank you. I <laughs> I made you guys both the producers for the show. I just haven't told you yet. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, he has he points for this year, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got a goal and four assists in nine games, and he has eight penalty minutes, uh, even plus minus. Even plus minus. Okay. Uh, Austin, how many points does Ron Hainsey have this season? Ron Hainsey has six assists, and that's not counting the Los Angeles game in. Let me check Hainsey. He has six assists on the season. And load, please, page. <laughs> He has if you're using six assists NHL.com, in nine you're... games, two penalty minutes, and he's a plus five. Okay. I'm not going to overreact to that because, I mean, stats, that's not how you determine whether a defenseman is good or not. But I'm just saying, defenseman, unless you're Eric Carlson, it doesn't matter how many points you yeah, really I mean, put up. I mean, like, I've stopped looking at points yeah. to, like, evaluate a defenseman. Like, it, yeah. it's just cool to see, like— I'm just covering our butts if somebody yeah. says, well, th- hey, we don't really need a guy like Gardner because you got guys like Hainsey putting up points. Well, if you want to yell, so, yell, yell at us because of that, thank you for listening. Thank you. Yeah. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but I, I'm just, it just goes to show that— Just thank them for consuming the product. A guy like Gardner should not be judged on how many points he puts up. Yeah. Ish. I mean, well, now it's like it's all about possession. Like it's all about dri- first off driving possession. How you, how many chances you create? Yeah. How many chances are created when you're on the ice? Um, just quality, chances, of, quality you know, of chances too. Not just chances because you throw a puck at the net. That's chance. 
it's the quality of them. And you, yeah. you're hearing that a lot more now, and especially on the radio. I've noticed that guys on the radio, like a guy like Mike Johnson for TSN, is not just saying, oh, how many chances, how many quality scoring chances are being given up, how many quality scoring chances are being created. So you are seeing that being evaluated more than just a guy, how many points he has, I, which I think is fair. So yeah. I think that's a good part to leave the uh, <laughs> to end the podcast on. I would like to thank you all for listening. If you stayed this long, I do applaud you. Uh, just remember, you, the show is now on Block Talk Radio, so go and check us out, Tip of the Tower on Block Talk Radio. We are still on iTunes, Tip of the Tower. And you can follow any of our, th- our posts on Facebook. Tip of the Tower is the – if you can't get Tip of the Tower by now, it's – We know say it enough times. We say it enough times. But then, Wait, so what – is this is – the- Honestly, I thought we were just talking. <laughs> Richard just thinking. We've he, been recording this whole time. Apparently. Uh, and then yes. remember, follow us on Twitter, Tip of the Tower. Make sure you follow our great insiders here. I'm calling you an insider, Richard. How do you oh. feel about that? Oh, I don't boy. know anything about anything. <laughs> don't <Okay>. follow me. <laughs> Arlie Sam on Twitter. And then you also have Austin Owens underscore Austin Owens on Twitter. And you can follow myself, uh, David Morissuti, D underscore Morissuti. Uh, we will be recording next week. Um, we'll again, we'll get into some leaf talk, but we also get into some Raptors talk. As I said in the beginning of the show, RJ Stacey is just patiently waiting to make his debut, and we're also. And I am trying to track down a Toronto Rock interview, so we'll ah, see how that goes. Yes, uh, we got. We talked about this earlier in the week. Yeah, we'll have some Toronto Rock stuff, and we'll have some Toronto Argonauts stuff next week too. So please stay tuned for that. 